This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 99.9 KISW Metal Shop. We're hanging out here in the studio with a band of three accomplished musicians all coming together. Tonight at El Corzone, it's Tony McAlpine, guitarist. Honestly, he needs no introduction, but he's played with Steve Vai, Yngwie Malmsteen, Mike Portnoy, Rudy, Rudy Sarzo, a ton of amazing things, also doing his own solo music. We got Pete Griffin in here, a bassist for Tony McAlpine, for Giraffe Tongue Orchestra, Death Clock, Steve Vai, Zach Wild, Zappa, a ton more, Damn. and Gerigo uh, Borlai. Borlai. He's nice. the drummer, and he's behind the kit for tons of bands for 30-plus years. Welcome back to Seattle. It is, uh, it's, it's nice and rainy for y'all today. Yeah, Welcome. Oh yeah. Sorry about Thank that, you. guys. <laughs> good to be here. Yeah. It's well, good to it's have good. you in. It's Garrigo's right. first time here, so it should be raining. First time in Seattle? Yes. Oh, well, you're getting the true experience tonight, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, so the Death of Roses is out now. It's available at TonyMcAlpine.com. Um, tell us a bit about the roots of the record. Well, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a seven-song, uh, you know, EP. It's uh, the first part of a two-part uh, series, and Death of Roses, uh, yeah, it just came out, and it's been um, wonderfully mastered and uh, rather mixed by Ader Daffenbach, who, who worked on my last one, yeah. Concrete Gardens. Absolutely. And, uh, just had a brilliant time working with um, you know Pete and Gurko on the record, and it's, uh, we're, just, we're loving playing out here, you know, just playing live. That's great, Tony. Um, you know, we've we've talked about it over the last like couple of years of uh, when you announced uh, the serious illness you were going, uh, you had going on, and uh, you know you, you've been dealing with that. But it seems like uh, obviously you're on the up and up. And at what point did you feel comfortable like getting back to writing again and, and playing live? Well, I mean, I was always hearing stuff, but I just couldn't really physically do it. But uh, this record we recorded, um, you know, over the last season. Uh, you know, basically put it together then and, and had the ideas, you know, just milling about in there somewhere. And, uh, yeah. Kind of just happens organically, if you know what I mean. And uh, by the way, it's, it's great to see that you're doing yeah. well, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I feel much better. Thanks for coming back. Now, uh, you. you guys got here uh, together with Mr. Pete Griffin on bass uh, for your last record, Concrete Gardens. Uh, how did you guys get together? Like, have you known each other for a while? How did you decide to start playing together? Yes and no. I mean, uh, we had... Uh, our Tony's manager is a very good friend of mine, and we had. Uh, I think the first time we met was at that Periphery and Animals as Leaders show. Nice at the, at the Glass House. It was like such an amazing lineup. It was Periphery, Animals as Leaders, and Dillinger. I think um, in a tiny place. This was maybe ten years ago. That's a pretty awesome tour. Yeah, yeah. eight or nine years ago, uh, and just kind of stayed in touch since then. Um, I was playing with uh, Zappa plays Zappa at the time. And then I left that about six years ago and needed some new work and started talking to Mike about it. And Tony was recording a new record. And he sent me a demo version of the song Exhibitionist Boulevard. And I had a lot of time on my hands. So I was like, wow, that's the craziest lick I've ever heard, the thing that starts that. Let me try to learn it and just record it and send it and see if Tony likes it. And then maybe he'd let me play bass on it. 
and apparently I did a good enough job. You uh, liked it. Just barely good enough. <laughs> yeah, you nailed think, it. So. Yeah. That rules. So, yeah, now I can't play it anymore, but at <laughs> no, some point no. I could. Now he never wants to so. play the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, that's crazy, man. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys were able to, like, make that work. And uh, we were talking about this new EP, Death of Roses. Uh, it's seems to be more of a DIY, like, self-release project. Do you guys find it uh, easier to self-release now with, like, the vast reach of the Internet as opposed to just waiting for, for labels to do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I felt like that for years. But, yeah, yeah, I, I saw it coming and knew what was going to happen. And, you know, it's the kind of thing you got to embrace yeah, you, in creative control, you know, at least of the things yeah, you want to do. it's yours. Yeah, and um, you own it, you know, for perpetuity. So that, that's an important aspect of it. Do you find that the yeah. Internet makes it a little easier for you guys to connect? Across obviously across vast distances, sending songs back and forth, recording the the bass tracks, sending it over. Yeah, I mean, like for for both these records, I recorded them in in my apartment, you know, mm-hmm. and, and was just talking to Tony or texting him and being like, mm-hmm. "Hey, is this okay? And is this tone okay?" And like expecting him to have notes for it. And pretty much every time, he's like, "No, it's fine. You're good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's the first take, and if you want me to change stuff, no, it's perfect. Okay, next song." Yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot. I was just rereading the book Choosing Death. Yeah, book about death metal, about the tape trading in the '80s and early '90s and whatnot. It's a lot different now. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's 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 harder almost because there's so much. It's harder to get noticed, you know. Like yeah. it, it's there's so much stuff out there, and if if you're the type of music fan who's constantly searching stuff out, it's almost harder to break through that. So promotion is still a big a deal as it ever was. Uh, it's just different. You need to know some some internet wizards. Yeah, I mean and, it's almost like an oversaturation. Oh, absolutely. Tons of bands. Yeah, yeah. You gotta stand out somehow. <laughs> yeah, especially on these metal tours that that we've all done, where there's you know five bands on the touring package, and then four local bands show yeah. up and start at five thirty in the afternoon, and and it's a mini and, fest. Yeah, totally. And and they, <laughs> and they all brought both kick drums and <laughs> and an ego box to jump on stage. With. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> the lights <laughs> and everything. Yep. So we're gonna play a song off of your new EP, a Death, the title track off of Death of Roses. Uh, any words before we jump into this one here on Metal Shop tonight? Gergo, what do you think about it? What do you think about Jeff Roses? I love it. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, we're in here with the Tony McAlpine band and Tony, and uh, we're going to play Death of Roses and be right back with them. It's Metal Shop here on The Rock.
It's Metal Shop here on The Rock, in here with Tony McAlpine, Pete Griffin, and Gergo Borlai? Yes. Correct. Awesome. We're going to ask every time. Still got it. Still got it. <laughs> I it's ask it. every time. It's awesome to have these guys months. in. They're playing down at El Corazon tonight. If you go down there right now, you can still catch them. Uh, they're playing with uh, Felix Martin, one of Ryan's favorite bands, or gentlemen. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Also with Guns of Barisol. Absolutely. So uh, welcome back. And, uh, you know, you guys have been playing music for so long, so influential as studio musicians, as with all of the ensembles you guys have played with. I'm really curious about, like, your foundational days. Uh, were there any moments or incidences in your youth where you had that light bulb moment where you went, damn, I got to do this. I got to, this is what I want to do with my life. Was there a record, a day, a show, or something that made you know, I want to be a musician? Well, I mean, I knew that, yeah, when I was five, when I started piano yeah. music, classical music, that, that's, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I grew up in a house of a lot of players. Everybody played something. Everybody played an instrument. My dad played piano. And, that's you so know, cool. My sister played a couple of instruments. So I, Family I, talent shows? Well, we, well, my little sister and I used to put on some shows. Yes. I don't know how well attended they were. But, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I knew early on that that's, that was going to be what I wanted to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Either you. How about you, man? gentlemen? Oh, I started also very early. I was three years old. Um, wow. Wow. I remember of that moment when uh, my dad, he was a sound engineer in the Hungarian National Radio Station, and when he brought an album of Dave Brubeck, where it was a tune called Take Five, which is, I think, the most famous odd-time jazz standard. And uh, I've heard that song, and and I just started to play it immediately after when I heard first that groove on a poor drum kit. And I just realized, okay, that's what I'm, I want to do in my whole life. I remember that moment. So so you were a drummer since age three? Yep. I bet your parents were so stoked on that drum action <laughs> <laughs> at that young age, man. That's yep. that's so cool that they gave you that opportunity, too. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm mm-hmm. way later than these guys apparently. Uh, I just You're started a late playing. Bloomer. I just started playing six months ago, and uh, no, yeah. um, <laughs> I was, uh, You're a prodigy. Yeah, I got I got my first bass when I was like 13. Uh, my parents got it for me. I'd already been playing trumpet, um, and I immediately started playing in a jazz band and stuff like that, um, which was great. But it wasn't until uh, I, the bass player that I idolized as a freshman in high school. He was a senior. He went away to college, and he actually wound up dying uh, young at the age of, like, 19 and a half Damn. or so. And so that was, if you're talking about the moment right. of that, that was, like, well, I was like, well, f- I can't do anything else. You know, like, I, he wasn't given the opportunity, so obviously I have to go ahead and do this. Wow. Um, and so I've stayed in close touch with his family, and I play his bass and uh, from time to time. And uh, You still play on every once in a while? Yeah, yeah, I still have it at home. What was it? Uh, it's a Fender P bass, wow. but it's awesome. It has like the most mojo of anything. It's like a Japanese thing. It's all so you ended up. up getting your hands on his bass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it took a few years later, but uh, yeah, it was really cool. And I'm still really good friends with the band that he was in. I wound up joining that band, and they've watched me. They, they were all big Zappa fans, so to see me play with the Zappa band was really cool for them. And uh, yeah, that's. I mean, it's 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 a tragic thing, and I still would have given it all up to hear what he'd be doing today, right? Uh, because I still watch videos of him at eighteen and nineteen, and I'm like, how the hell did he do that? Like, damn, he <laughs> uh, must have been. Yeah, he was amazing. His name on was, it, uh, Dan Bingley. Yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, that in terms of the the defining moment of making it sure that I couldn't possibly do anything else, uh, much to my parents' uh, dismay, <laughs> ultimately. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it turned out that that was kind of the only thing I could do. I mean, that says a lot about the power of putting an instrument in a young person's hands, mm. right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, you guys went from jazz, 
classical, neo neoclassical, and all that. What was like the first heavy song that hit you? <laughs> I, I don't know. Crickets. Yeah, you made it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for Tony, it'd be something he created. You know, Pantera. Yeah, for you. All right, for me, Pantera. Awesome. Do you man. remember what song? Do they don't. Do they don't. Just because they grew so hard. I've been a huge fan since then. Yeah, yeah. So music, metal, and a lot of pretty much everything has changed a lot in the last 30 years. What would be a piece of advice you'd give to a young kid that is just starting their first band? Or trying to get into music or metal in general. <laughs> Tony's pointing at me. So uh, trying to figure out how to <laughs> I do a lot of teaching, so, so maybe mm. that's Oh, that's wow, fine. really? But yeah, yeah. That's um, awesome. Skype lessons and clinics and stuff like that. Um, the main thing, and with, you know, I've, I've been a professional musician almost 20 years now, and think about how much the music industry has changed in that time yeah. and how the money keeps moving and all that. So uh, my ability and, and anybody and any of us, really, the three of us even, our ability to stay adaptable and be yeah, able be flexible, to, yeah, yeah, exactly, and not expect to be making money off album sales, or and not expect to be playing the exact same type of music. Like in, in the last week, I've played crazy proto metal with Tony, and I did a country gig last week, and I played for a funk band the other day, and all that awesome. stuff. And I, it, I couldn't be happier with it, honestly. Like people, like people always ask, "Oh, what's your favorite type of music to play?" And I'm like, pretty much whatever I'm not playing right now is what I'd rather be playing. So, like, I play Tony stuff, and I'm listening to electro pop in the van, in the van and then I play pop gigs and wish I could shred. And, <laughs> you know, so it's it's part of it is never being happy, which <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. And sometimes but, he forgets what gig he's in, and he starts mixing up the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wish that was a joke. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, that's I mean that's sort of the big deal is is a only do, the only reason to do it is if you truly truly love it. You know, uh, I laugh at people who think that they're going to get rich or famous or get chicks, which is even the funniest one of them all. Yeah. Um, or anything like that. Like you're you're not going to be that special anymore. So it has to be special to you. And uh, and if you can't see yourself doing anything else, then do it. But, but wait a minute, I met my wife at. Yeah. See, Tony did it. Uh, and I met my ex-wife at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's still my wife. <laughs> yeah. Two sides yeah. of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when people go and see your band, a lot of them have been fans of you guys for a long time. Some of them might be brand new, maybe coming to see a local band. Is there something you want people to walk away with after seeing your band that they take home? Besides merch. That's it. Yeah, merch. <laughs> t-shirts. Yeah. Buy some t-shirts. Keep it, put 10 bucks in the gas tank. Yeah. I think just really ultimately the satisfaction. You know, there's so much times that you spend just waiting for that, you know, the 90 minutes to play. Exactly. And it's like there's so much you put into it. You know, all the rehearsal and all the ugly stuff that people and all don't And travel. Yeah. Yeah. And you just really want things to go well. And you want them to just be moved. Walk away and feel like, wow, I want to hear this again. You know, I like these guys. I like the message. That's the most important thing. We're so stoked to see you guys back and back on the road, back in Seattle. Uh, go now to TonyMcAlpine.com. Go buy Death of Roses. We're going to play another song off of this one. This is called Axiomatic Jewels. Mm. Thanks again for coming in. Bang your damn head. This is Metal Shop here on The Rock.
We're back here on Metal Shop. You're listening to Tony McAlpine Band. They're playing at El Corazon tonight. It's Tony McAlpine. We got Pete Griffin and Gergo Borlai. And uh, they're live here in studios. We've been playing them for a bit. And uh, it's cool to have you guys up here. I'm kind of curious. I mean, you guys have played a, a ton of different projects. Um, but what are like the most memorable experiences you've had while playing live? Whether it be like a, a crazy uh, festival or just like... Uh, just something like is there like a couple moments that really strike uh are memorable as like a, a live performance of over the last you know several decades of playing I'm putting you on the spot i want to hear gergo's answer though. yeah oh i have many but uh <laughs> many years ago 15 years ago i was playing in my hometown uh in the capital in budapest in hungary and yeah we played with the biggest Hungarian singer, and there was 500,000 people. 500,000? Wow. Yeah, yeah. and I had a 20 minutes long drum solo, because it was mainly the pop gig. And I have a 20 minutes long drum solo, and you know, I just I just got that feeling how, how I can direct the people during my drum solo. It was amazing, you know, how wow. I can affect them. So it was absolutely minutes. unforgettable moment. Yeah, for that's five hundred thousand people looking at you only. Yeah, you. yeah, 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 yeah. That's badass. I deserved man. it. Yeah, yeah. Damn right. absolutely. Yeah. Damn well, hey, man, you worked hard. <laughs> that's some John Bonham stuff right there. Hell yeah, twenty minute drums on You got endurance, dude. <laughs> that rules. Any you guys? Anything that sticks out? Something you'll remember? I'd say uh, falling off the stage um, at Steve, <laughs> one of Steve Vai's concerts. <laughs> And then no, running no. around in time after breaking, I mean, I fell really far. Broke the guitar neck in half, ran around the Thomas, he changed the guitar, and wow. boom, ran back out there and did the solo. Wow. Um, what was the guitar? Did, uh, which guitar did you break? It was uh, one of the carbon, uh, one of the, uh, yeah, one of the carbons I had at that time. Did you yeah. have a, mom- a brief moment of heartbreak there? Mm-hmm. Or you just said, nope, next. I was just happy to, you know, that it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there you go. Uh, for me, just to be, uh, just to be not corny, but uh, one of the most recent ones, um, we got to play in Vegas uh, about five days after the tragedy that just happened right. there. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't think people were going to come out. Mm. We, we made it a free show just to be like, hey, we still have to go to live music, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was one of the more moving experiences I've, I've mm-hmm. been through, just like the energy that the crowd had. And it wasn't really sad. That was the kind of coolest part. Like everyone mm-hmm. was like fiercely trying to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like they, yeah, yeah, it was, it was uh, the, the three of us really afterwards, we're all, we were all a little uh, emotional, honestly. Um, and and nothing compared to I'm sure what what those people went through. Like I, I'm not right. even trying yeah. to compare, but um, just to be able to to be a part of that was was something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Stand sure. back up, bring live music back, right? Make people know that yep. these yep. things are still going to continue. Yeah. You're not going to stop us, kind it's, of thing. And it still right. fixes everything. You know, like just just going out and hearing it and playing it and stuff like that. Whatever you got going on. Uh, you can shed it for a second yeah. and kind of just live in that moment. Music is medicine. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there have been a lot of bands that have been playing old records from front to back. If there was a band that you could choose, or any band, any record in all of history, alive or not here anymore, what would be a record that you would love to see played front to back? Any wow. genre. Any wow. at all. No, you start. Me I have to think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the, one, the one that comes up right away would be, um, although there's so many, Jesus. Uh, Genesis Land Lies Down on Broadway. Nice. That would be pretty epic to see. Yeah, Ryan and I were to finish. hanging out with some Genesis last week. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, cool. Oh, yeah. We were going hard with the Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I 
How about you? I don't. I'd have to think. And that's, <laughs> Me too. That's it's going to take a while. I'm the nerd. <laughs> yeah. You had an answer right away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wish I could be there when Frank Zappa recorded Joe's Garage in the studio. You know, yeah. Just, mm. yeah. just watch yeah. that happen. Yeah, just watch. Yeah. Yeah. There's footage of all that stuff somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Find it out there. Yeah. Talk to Joe. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony, Tony stuff. Yeah. What do you think on that one and come back to it? Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So all three of you have played in so many awesome projects and really big named stuff. But one of the most recent ones is a project that Pete is in with, and that's a Giraffe Tongue Orchestra with members of Mastodon, Mars Volta, Dillinger Escape Plan, and William Duvall. So uh, can you give us an update on what's going on with that? Well, I mean, any band like that, uh, it's a scheduling nightmare. Yeah, you know? I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as much as we might like to be doing shows all the time, um, everyone has their own projects that pay better and are more reliable and all that stuff. You know, Mastodon lives on the road. Right. Um, Alice, is, Alice in Chains is doing some stuff on and off. Dillinger is finishing their life as a band right now, which makes breaks my heart. Yeah, but, Ryan's uh, flying out to New York to go see him play. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to go to one of those, too. I've been bugging Ben about it. But, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, and, and then Thomas is flying all over the world doing drum clinics and stuff, and I'm obviously busy with other things like that, too. Uh, I couldn't be prouder of that record, honestly. Um, I've done, in terms of my career, I've, I've played a lot of other people's bass lines, which I'm very happy to have done. That one, I really think, that one, and, and as well as the Legend of the Siegelman record when that comes out. Um, and Tony's last two records, too. I'm not just saying that because he's here. Of course. Um, I feel like have my fingerprints on it a little bit more. So um, to have that be as well-received as it was and the three shows that we did went really, really well. And also just to now, um, I've been friends with uh, all those guys except William. I, I had only met him a little more recently. For years, kind of on and off, and now me, Ben, Brent, and Thomas are like the closest of homies where uh, we're dying to work on something again soon, as soon as we all get the time to. Yeah. You know, but it was just so easy once we were all in the room together where we'd be hanging out and then suddenly playing something in some bizarre time signature that nobody's counting. And then Brent's the kind of guy who picks up a guitar and a song falls out of it. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't even know <laughs> like, what he's that's doing. That's Yeah, totally, literally. And then we just build something around that, and that that's how a lot of that record, not a lot of it, but some of the songs came about, and then Ben had written a bunch of stuff previously, so... It's awesome. We're in studio right now with Tony McAlpine, Pete Griffin, and Mr. Gergo Borlai. Exactly. Ooh. Yes, sir. We're playing tonight <laughs> at El Corazon. We're going to play a quick uh, draft hung orchestra song, uh, hit a break, and then come back with more from these guys. This is uh, Metal Shop here on The Rock.
a voluptuous panic inside this poison oasis from which there is no escape. No, you done me wrong. And hope can't leave me on. Refugee, never free. Misery, all that I carry. Refugee, never free. In my grave, something is calling me Okay, we're back in studio with Tony McAlpine Band. We have been for a bit, and it's been cool to have these guys up here. Uh, they got to get going to El Corazon in, in a little bit, but we need to, uh, you know, pick their brain a bit more. I want to know uh, what are you guys listening to like right now? Is there anything that's like a, a constant, like on your music player or in the van when you're uh, when you're playing, when you're going to show to show? If we hit play on your device, anything at all. I don't have a device, but <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Um, you listen to the stuff on your computer. And stuff. I, I just listen to, uh, I don't listen to, I just listen to kind of stuff that I'm working on, stuff that I'm writing. I'm writing cool. stuff for the next EP after awesome. Death of Roses. Yeah, I'm working on that and pretty much, yeah, it's pretty boring. It's Always on the next step, right? <laughs> yeah. That's not boring to us, man. <laughs> and you listen to classical a lot, too. Like yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Or any recommendations? Like, what should we, what should we know about, man? We're looking up to you guys. <laughs> well, legends in studio right now. Uh, what should we know about uh, us? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, the stuff I would say is stuff you already know, like the new Macedon record is yeah. amazing. Yep. Um, and the new EP. Uh, the new Contortionist record is really good. Um, I listen to a lot of other kind of stuff. There's this band called Hundred Waters that uh, I really like that's like sort of more electronica. Um, there's this Venezuelan singer named Juana Molina, which is some of the most mellowing, amazing music you've ever heard in your life. It's a lot of like cool microtonal layers of voices and stuff. That's cool. that's the one I keep being like, oh my god, you got to check this out. So hmm. that would be the one. What is it, Juana Molina? You, yeah, even you, Juana Molina. Yeah, totally. Say that fast three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Gary Go listens to a lot of Katy Perry. See, that's what I'm talking about. We need like we Rihanna. always say like Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger the musical zone, the bigger the musical person, right? I think no, so. No guilty pleasures. The only guilty pleasure that exists is if some jerk makes you feel bad about liking something that you like, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Honestly, during the tour, I I wasn't listening listen to any kind of music because I, I I was really concentrating for this music, for Tony's music. Yeah. So I just, I just, I was trying to keep my mind really, really clean, you yeah. know? There's only mm. so much hard drive yeah, yeah. space. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, too. So this is the one question that I, I really, really wanted to get in here, and this is for Tony. Let's hope I can so, answer it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like two strikes already. I hope so. I've been, <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting 17 years to ask you this question. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No pressure so, there. When I, I am. when I was a kid, I got my mind absolutely blown apart by the Steve Vai Live at the Astoria DVD. And I got to know, how did you guys coordinate 
that section where you were playing each other's guitars and all the arms were crossed over. How did you practice that? How did you, you know, put Steve, that together? Steve was relentless with that. I mean, we spent so much time doing that and not as much time like on the other songs. I'm, I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. can we work on the trade section? No, let's mm-hmm. look at that. You got to hit we that. You got to make sure you're hitting A. Billy, you got to make sure you reach over here. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he would just, it was really, he's an intense fella. You know, he really wants to make sure that these things are, are, are right. And it, uh, we pulled it off. You know, once we did it, it became like pretty much a machine. We could. So he had all of you line, lined up for just hours working on it. We, we do that in sound check all the time. That would be like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah. It we b- cool. we blame you guys for why Ryan plays a nine string guitar now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, too many hours uh, watching the masters. Wait, with a nine string is it is he serious or is he joking? No, <laughs> no I'm no, serious. But no, well, what do you have a higher string than E? Uh, what one one lower? I, I I'm the only stringed instrument in my band, so I I needed some. Oh, so it's really like a bass. Right. Thing. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Good yeah, job, Ryan. It's, it's okay. Thanks, Tony. You got it, Ryan. That's fine. Validation. You know. <laughs> so if you haven't heard it yet, go get the Death of Roses EP uh, available at TonyMcAlpine.com. What's on the horizon for you guys for the rest of the... Uh, obviously, the year is coming to an end. It's starting to get crappy weather. What's coming up for the next year for you guys? Well, obviously, we're getting some... ready to, um, you know, once uh, you know we're clear with everybody's schedule. Um, right. We're going to, you know, do a European tour. Awesome. Yeah. Get, Hell get Yeah. Get out there and play, and um, give me a chance to uh, see my wife, who lives in Spain. So, really? Yeah. Do you spend a lot of time out there? I sure do, yeah. yeah. What part of Spain? She lives in uh, San Sebastian, the most uh, northern city there. That is so awesome. Yeah. It's got to be such a good break and relaxation and, and love time. Rain's a lot mm-hmm. there, though, you know. As I look out the window here yeah. and see this rain, I think of San Sebastian. Yeah, being away from <laughs> your family's hard. My girlfriend just came back from a year. I haven't seen her in a year. Wow, wow so that's I know a, what you mean. Yeah, it's tough, man, but it takes commitment. It does, and uh, a lot of Skype calls and yep, a lot yeah, of technology, time. technology makes <laughs> it lots all of texting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah. Or any other upcoming projects that you can give us the secret about? Well, there is that Legend of the Siegelman show on, yep. on New Year's, uh, which is going to be out of control. Um, and that's <laughs> your new project with uh, members of Tool. And yeah, Mastodon. that's that's with Danny Carey on drums yeah. uh, and Brent Hines on guitar. And you guys are doing a nice uh, first gig opening yeah, for Primus. Yeah, really. On New Year's. Um, but that's so cool because, like, the you know the Primus fans, I think are definitely going to dig it. We don't sound anything like Primus, but um, with Danny having done that short tour that he did filling in for Herb with Primus, they already already know about him. So mm-hmm. all the all the drum nerds will have giant boners. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> giant. And, yeah, and we um, and we've kind of like worked the show to feature Danny to a certain extent, and uh, as much as the guitar stuff. And there's like Sick. a there's a stage show to it, and we all have characters, mm. and it's a, it'll all be unfolding in in the coming months. But That's it's cool. uh, they finally just uh, announced the show, and it's and it's official. So I'm I'm super excited for that. Do you guys right. feel like the metal world's getting a little smaller, or like it's such a tight community where you guys have all these friends and all these relationships you've built over the last? 30 years I, I can't seem to get out of bands with Brent at this point <laughs> where like every band I join he's also in but um but it, you're you're right about the word relationships it's like once you find people that you like working with like why why mess with that yeah ultimately so yeah I think so it's all about who you know in this world yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah so one of the last questions we always like to ask show us if you can if you don't have to get too naked pick a scar on your body tell us the story about how you got it oh wow or you can get naked. <laughs> Whatever works. Tony's got a bunch. Yeah, I do. 
<laughs> so our favorite he's, answer. He's the I got a scar in my psyche, man. Yeah, <laughs> on my soul. Um. Well, I mean, you know, I I have just the recent scars, and I'm kind of yeah. happy that I have those. You know, yeah. because because um, I'm still here, so you know, I'm really I'm really thrilled about that. But yeah, from surgery, and every time I see it, I'm, you know, it reminds me. It's a reminder of the you know, thing, thing I went through. Not to be a bummer, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a bummer because yeah. you're here. Yeah. It's scars of victory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about you? What you got? Actually, I don't know what is scar. Like a cut or something oh, really? like, like, like a, what, something... I, what I got there. Oh, okay. I I don't have really. Really? Yeah. Wow, you got you never it? like you never whacked your hand and no, not like, really. got started bleeding. No, not really. Oh. Mm. I guess you're much more coordinated than I am. <laughs> <laughs> My one is uh, when we played in New York a couple weeks ago, I walked into a wall and had a, a nice little scar on the top wow. of my head. Yeah, that's it. it. That's his story. Yeah, Impressive. That's, that's <laughs> literally. That's, that's really talk about story. coordination. I, I wish that was not true, but uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Did you sustain a concussion or anything? No, or? no, it was fine. Just, that's good. Just uh, I was. Uh, <laughs> I, was I, I didn't really feel it much at the time. Let's nice. say. <laughs> oh, like that. I see it. Yeah, one of yeah, those. One of those. Gotcha. So. Well, we're going to play another song off of the uh, Death of Roses EP, and uh, we are going to uh, you know play that and send you guys off to your show at El Corazon. Is there anything you want to say to the Seattle audience before we let you go? We love you guys very much, and uh, just really uh, thanks a lot, guys, for having us well, here. Thank you so, so much. Really, it's yeah. a real blast. It's, it's a pleasure. And talk. It's an honor. Yes. Cool. Thank wow. you. So, gentlemen, we're going to play one more. Let's play uh, Electric Illusionist. Go get that right now at Tony McAlpine. Go down to El Corazon right now if you're free or driving around in the city and uh, see them play with Felix Martin. What are Ryan's homies? Felix mm-hmm. Martin and Guns of Barisol. Don't miss that band. They shred. This has been uh, Tony McAlpine. Call it Tony McAlpine Experience Band or just just my name. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. We, we don't matter. Gentlemen, thanks again. And uh, we'll see you the next time you guys come into town. All right. Appreciate Thank it. You. Well, thanks thanks for having Thank us. you. Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.